the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dearly beloved friends, my brothers, my sisters, listeners to the show. Good Sunday morning with Father Andre, supporters of the mission of hope and mercy. All ye people of God, all ye people of goodwill. Well, on today's show, we wish a happy St. John the Baptist feast day. It is, in fact, the birthday of St. John the Baptist for all those who seek the intercession of this wonderful saint the last of the prophets, St. John the Baptist, who came to prepare the way for the Lord and to preach the truth. I want to wish you all a happy feast day. You know, in the history of uh, the church, um, for the church believers who commemorate the feast of the saints, we usually commemorate um, the feast of the saints at their death. And um, the only people in the Bible who we actually celebrate their birthdays We'll be um, speaking of Jesus' birthday, John's birthday, the Immaculate Conception of the Virgin Mary. Um, these will be the three figures in the New Testament of whom uh, the early church has always celebrated a feast day that is special to them. You know, on today's show, we want to think of all the biblical components of St. John the Baptist and what does it mean for us today in the world to be preachers of the truth? What is the value of a wonderful saint like St. John the Baptist in our life today. But first of all, I want us to meditate. I want us to pray uh, strongly together with unity, um, with resolve, with focus. I know some of us might be awake in the day. Um, some of us might be rising just now, relaxing or getting ready to go to our churches, um, while some of us probably would want to prefer to stay in bed and resting. Others are traveling or coming back from travel, to all of those who are anywhere in the world, whether on the move or you are staying or sitting or sleeping, and um, still try to admire this day. Try to benefit from the fact that the Lord has given us a day such as Sunday, a day of a prayer, a day of praise, a day of worship, a day for the holy sacrifice of the Holy Eucharist of the Mass, the great day of the Lord. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in it and be glad. With this, I want us first of all to um, um, open our Bibles and turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 40 
verse 1 to 11. Isaiah the prophet, chapter 40, verse 1 to 11. Thinking of St. John the Baptist, and listen later on to what I will be covering about St. John the Baptist, let us pray together. O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I read from Isaiah the prophet, chapter 40, verse 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and cry to her, that she has served her turn that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way to the, of the Lord. Make straight in a desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places are plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out, and I say, What shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with the strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. It is a wonderful reading in the book of Isaiah, the prophet, chapter 40. It is all about comfort. It is all about to speak tenderly. It is all about a reward. Can you imagine how beautiful this is? So instead of sin, instead of crime, instead of punishment, Instead of um, um, abolishing somebody's life, when those people basically repent, come back to the Lord, are trying to urge someone to listen to them, to hide them, to give them a second chance in life. You know how many people deserve a second chance in life? Everyone, at every moment, at every time, the more we mean it, the more God looks in our heart, into our hearts, and the more the Lord will even the ground will level it, even though it is uneven. The Lord will reign in our hearts when our hearts are dried out by hate, by disasters, by calamities, by envy, by the people's 
I would say, persecutions or different forms of oppressions from around us. Can you believe that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all the people shall see it together? It is for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So such a voice will cry out. In such a way, the Lord God is basically the source of our life. The Lord God is the guarantor that we shall receive our right if and when we repent. No people should be afraid. God will feed his flock. But how does God feed the flock? Through us, through the hands and feet and minds and efforts and strength and unity of the people who come together in order to feed the hungry, to heal the brokenhearted, to declare a good year pleasant to the Lord. With this, there is a psalm number 85, psalm number 85, speaking about how the Lord has been gracious to the land, speaking how the Lord restores the good fortune of Jacob. Remember, if we think about St. John the Baptist, he is the restorer of the, the outcome of repentance. You know, John came to baptize, and he baptized with water. And as he baptized in water, he called the people to repentance. But what is the outcome of that repentance? It's to prepare the way of the Lord. So the value of the baptism of John is that it predestined, it predicted, it drove the people to prepare them for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the water and the Spirit, the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also in this beautiful Psalm 85, you know, it speaks that the Lord has withdrawn all his fury and that the Lord has turned himself from his wrathful indignation. And it's an imploration in this beautiful Psalm 85 because it tells the Lord on verse 4, Restore us then, O God, our Savior. Let your anger depart from us. You know, it is unbelievably a real fact of our lives when we people look around and we only see hate. We do good, we are faced by hate. We build and someone else comes and destroys. We try to live with honor and dignity and someone falsifies our life and makes no sense of it. To the point that you look around and you say, are they really talking about me? Yes, it is true. We people have to discern with um, um, an examination of conscience on a daily basis our lives. We also have godfathers, godmothers, friends, people of good counsel. We do surround ourselves with the people who tell us the truth, even when the truth is a little bit not at our like. However, in general sense, our life should go in a way towards being built up, not to be destroyed. I wonder, and it really breaks my heart, to see how today in the world, everybody almost is working to destroy a person's life. You know, I do not want to take anyone's particular example, but we see many examples, for instance, in the political arena in the United States. It, to, lately in the media, recently in the media, in the life of nations, if there is, a, let's say, a famous reporter, famous reporters get destroyed. If there is a politician who's well-liked or has good policies, people run after him in order to destroy um, her life or his life and somehow. Um, anytime there is one little bit of good deed, you see people actually, amazingly, 
paying for campaigns of falsifications and uh, disinformation and misinformation and propaganda of some sort to actually uh, put those people down and kill those people. They raise hate. This is horrible. This must just stop because this displeases the Lord forever. And this is what rises the true anger of the Lord. This is what really could prolong the anger of the Lord from age to age. In the meanwhile, the people who are being unjustly treated, people who are being persecuted, they try to keep to keep calling. I do not want to give up my life. You know, I've been experiencing severe persecution, as you all know, myself and many people, um, people we know or people we do not know. But I do sympathize with the people who are being persecuted. I honestly do sympathize with the homeless people. I honestly sympathize with people who are um, not only falsely accused, but uh, people are really, really, really innocent. And um, even though people who might have been accused of some sort or people who have, might have done something, yet uh, they have spent the rest of their lives to do penance, to repent, to regret, to remorse, and to make up for wrongdoings that they could have done. And not, we're not talking here about crimes. We're not talking about something really illegal, something really very unethical, something really grave or frail. No, 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 no. We're talking about people who have sincere conscience that for every little event um, that they think they have done wrong, they actually try to repent and they try to um, make up for it by fasting, by praying, by offering sacrifices, by doing good deeds. Because people do not want to give up life. We do have the right to live. Except that when we look at the model of St. John the Baptist. St. John the Baptist, who rejoiced in the womb of his mother at the visit of the Lord when Mary greeted Elizabeth, and we shall speak a little bit about that. St. John the Baptist put his life out there. Can you believe he offered himself up to prepare the way to the Lord? His head was decapitated. His head was cut off. He got his head off. It's horrible. Yet he never ceased or stopped preaching the truth. He was never afraid. He could not be afraid. Because he believed that God will give him his life back. And also he believed that he is doing this martyrium, this witness. He's given this testimony in order to prepare for the Lord's way so that the people of God may rejoice in God. So that God might show his mercy. So that God will show his salvation. That's why in Psalm 85, verse 8, we say, I will listen to what the Lord God is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people and to those who turn their heart to him. These are wonderful realities of our faith. For truly God's salvation is very near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. My friends, if we look at the United States of America, if we look at Lebanon, if we look at the events of our own families and on our life, how much we are in dire need for mercy, how much we are in dire need to be understood. Nobody chooses their enemies, right? Our enemies, I guess, they promote themselves somehow in our lives. But we can choose how to defeat them. We defeat them by working for mercy. We defeat our enemies. You know how I defeat my enemies? I continue to do what is good. You know how I defeat every lie? I live the truth every day. Do you know how I defeat every accusation or every envy or every anger? You know how I defeat them? I defeat them by offering myself to Almighty God and thinking about you, your life, your interest, your joy, your peace, 
you're being treated with dignity and with mercy. You're given, being given the chance to be heard, to be understood, to be comforted, to be loved, to be cherished, to be embraced by lives, to be filled with the light of God, to be sad, to have food at your table, to be able to afford your bills, to be able to live with dignity and be respected by people. You may be no one. You may have no, you may have no self-esteem for yourselves, but I do have respect for you and I do want to protect you. I do pray every day that God will allow me means and tools and infinite ways in order to show his love to you. So this is how I defeat the envious people. This is how I defeat the angry mob. This is how I try to defeat on daily basis in my life the lies that are being uttered against anyone in this life. We shall stand in the defense of life. We shall be the voice in the wilderness, crying on behalf of all those who are being treated unjustly on earth and in the world. Shame on you guys who are treating those people with no dignity. You're uttering lies against them. You're setting up traps for them so they fall. May all these traps will turn against you. And when you fall on your way, we will be there to raise you up. We will be there to forgive you. We will be there to give you pardon, the pardon of the Lord Jesus Christ. But also, we will be there to see how the glory of God is going to shine through us on you. And that the truth and the mercy will meet together. And the righteousness and the peace will have to kiss each other. The truth shall spring up from the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. I look forward to the day, my friends, in which every little sacrifice, every little tear, every little anxiety, every fear attack we suffered from, every false accusations we suffered from, every lie has been uttered against us, every hate word has been spoken against us. I look forward to the day in which our righteousness will go before us through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, when the Lord carries us in our weaknesses, and he will boast in us, and he will say, through our weaknesses, he defeated the arrogance. Through our weaknesses, he showed his utmost strength and utmost love and utmost power, for he chose us to be saved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I look forward to the day of salvation for our United States of America. You know, John's biblical identity from genealogical perspective shows that he is related to Jesus. As a matter of fact, he's a cousin on Jesus' mother's side through Elizabeth. There is an article speaking about the name of John. There is many articles. You know, let us look at the divine origin that gave the name to the newborn. It was, in fact, the angel Gabriel who um, called the name of John while he was still being conceived because the angel Gabriel announced to Zechariah in the Gospel of Luke when he was in the temple the birth of a son to whom he also gave the name. And he said, his name shall be John even though no one in Zechariah's family is called by that name. So what is the meaning of John? It means God is gracious, tender, Yohanon, Yohanon, Al-Hanun, the compassionate, the tender, the gift giver. God had sent a gift to all of the humanity through John. When John came to prepare the way, when John came as the herald, the preacher, the announcer, of the truth. You know, um, many of the fathers of the church and in many recent articles I've seen that usually in the Bible we see God naming names for people as adults. And this means that they are on a special mission. For instance, if we look at 
Abram and Sarai. These were the original names of Abraham and Sarah, for instance. Abram, which means in uh, Aramaic, the father of one shoot, like one little plant, basically, that has one leaf or one branch. This is the name of Abram. And all of a sudden, God tells Abram, you will become the father of many roots, of many shoots, and therefore your name will become Abraham or Avraham. The same thing for Sarai, the little princess. He told her from now on, your name shall be Sarah or the big princess or the big queen. You know, whereas when it comes to John, John was not named as an adult like the others in the Bible. John, in fact, was designated by the angel Gabriel from the throne of mercy of God in the room of the incense, right to the Holy of Holies and the temple of Jerusalem. The angel Gabriel told Zechariah and his name shall be John. So John is the vocation. John is the calling himself. John is the voice crying in the wilderness himself. He is a vocation. So when Jesus says, no one is great, no one greater has been born. This is what he means, basically, that John is a prophet who prepares and makes straight the way of the Lord. A part of the naming is that whoever they made the you know, the sign to Zechariah at the time of his birth. You know, Elizabeth was there, Mary was there, people were there. Zechariah was there and still mute, not able to talk. And of course, uh, uh, the baby comes out and people ask Elizabeth, what shall his name be? And Elizabeth said, his name shall be John. And then uh, John is his name, in fact. Um, and and then they point to Zechariah, telling him, but no one in your family is called by that name. So they pointed to Zechariah and they offered them uh, aboard, telling him, uh, try to write down what will the name of that child be. It's actually unique. We all wonder um, how Zechariah um, wrote the name. He said, his name will be John. His name will be John. He repeated the same words of the angel in the temple at the time in which John was conceived in his mother's womb, the Baron Elizabeth. You know, so this is an amazing declaration from the angel because it was him who named the child. Now, let us move a little bit to the vocation of John the Baptist, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. This is in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 3. I think we could probably state that there are three key events that shape the vocation of John the Baptist, one of which is the announcement to Zechariah of the birth of John in the Temple of Jerusalem. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, verse 15, the angel says about John, For he will be great before the Lord, and he shall drink no wine nor strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. End of the quote. Again, this was the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1, verse 15. It was the event of the visitation of Mary, the mother of Jesus our Lord, as the new Ark of the Covenant, where the filling of John the Baptist with the Holy Ghost took place, in fact. A deep theological consideration is actually worthy of our discernment and attention here. For in the event of the visitation, Mary is seen by many fathers of the church as the new ark, where in the Bible we could base our understanding of Mary as the new ark. Well, if we open the book of Revelation, also known as the book of Apocalypse, we read from chapters 11, verse 19, through chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Here's what it says. 
Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. And there were flashes of lightnings, loud noises, appeals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. And a great portent appeared in heaven, sign, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with a child, and she cried out in her pangs of birth, in anguish for delivery. These are, in fact, the clear indications inside the Holy Bible that show that God works his plan of salvation from the conception of a human life in paradise into the conception of the special babies, John the Baptist and Jesus Christ as our Savior, who by their special vocation make all babies saved by God and so special in order to bless, to save, and to sanctify life in the truth of the love of God. And where does God execute his plan of salvation? It is in the heart of the family. And of course, the second event uh, is the leaping of the child John while in the womb. As Mary, the mother of Jesus, our Lord, uh, showed up in Elizabeth's place, you know, John leaped for joy in his mother's womb. And what is the third event that shaped his vocation? In fact, John goes on to be a defender of the truth, and he had the guts and the courage to defend the family when he stood in the face of Herod to tell him what he could not, that he could not take his brother's wife. John spoke well, and he said the truth. He defended the truth. The challenge the world has today is that hardly anyone is capable of speaking the truth anymore. Nonetheless, to defend it, people who try to do good seem to become pursued and silenced as John was. Nonetheless, the plan of God goes forward, and God arises for him many knees who do not bow to the beasts. How can help each? How can we help each other to fulfill this calling of Saint John? We have to preach the truth. We have to live the truth. Guide the people to the truth of love and mercy, justice and truth, peace and mercy, forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with one another and with God. Love God and thy neighbor. Adore God in truth and in spirit. Reject all evil confusion and evil itself and Satan itself and all evil ways. Repent from sin and do what is good and be participant in the plan of God for the salvation of the world. And therefore, your life will be a sweet, fragrant incense offered in unity with the sacrifice of our Lord before the God of heaven. And a blessed Sunday to all. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.